Warning. This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. The Movie Virgins. And I'm Lindsay Schaefer. And today we're talking about Wind River with Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen and a slew of Native American Af- <laughs> Native American actors. Native American Africans. Fuck. <laughs> Out in the wilds of Wyoming where there are mountain lions and coyotes and sheep. Those were wolves, but okay. Those were wolves? Yeah. Oh. Anyway, so that's the plan. Yeah, that is... A weird introduction, but yes. Yeah. Yes. So tell us about uh, your first time with my, Wind River. My first time with Wind was River. Was it a special time? So it was special. It was. It was. I was home alone was on my couch. It was nice. It was a nice evening. Uh, my kind of Friday night. I chose this movie because so this was made in 2017. Yeah. Um, so it's came out pretty in new. It's pretty new. Here's the thing about movies nowadays. Let's hear it. I feel like nine times out of ten, when I'm watching a movie at home. I am also on my phone or cooking or playing with the dog or doing a million different things. Even if it's a pretty good movie, somehow I always get kind of a little bit bored and a little bit distracted and I just, you know, do other stuff and end up kind of, yeah. Wind River, I chose to watch not knowing anything about it. I mean, I, I hadn't seen any of the trailers or anything. I'm a, I'm a big Jeremy Renner fan. You knew Renner was in it. That I, probably wait, that had something to do I with it. I was scrolling through movies. I was looking for something. I saw Renner. I was like, what is this? And then I read the little synopsis and it sounded interesting because I'm big on any kind of like uh, crime movies. And it just, it sounded good and it had Renner. Turned it on, not expecting anything. Glued. I was glued to it the entire time. I thought it was just a great great movie. I feel like there is not a single throwaway line or a single throwaway character. Every single character is unique and well-drawn. Even the ones who are only on screen for a few minutes, everybody is a hundred percent real and and there's a sort of honesty and a sort of legitimacy just to the people, which doesn't even include anything to do with the story. And of course the story itself is haunting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's brutal. It's terrible. That opening scene, man. It, yeah, it's it's something that I hesitate to say that I enjoyed the movie because it's so hard to watch. But it's also there is something enjoyable about watching a well constructed story with good actors and excellent characters. And I feel like it was one that I feel I feel like I don't see movies like that very often. Um, can you think of another movie that you've seen that made you feel the same way? Within the last few years, not really. So, I, like, it stuck with you? It and really, you... it was one that I, I was floored by the fact that I didn't pick up my phone and kind of dick around while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. I was into it the whole time. After it, I was thinking about it. I was 
lost in it. I wanted to watch it again, even though it was so brutal and dark. Yeah. And I, I still feel like wanted that's a to thing see that it again. You don't do quite very often, like that. You're not a, a person who rewatches something that they've just watched. Exactly. I mean, it happens, of course, with you know comedies, mm-hmm. and you want a good laugh and stuff, yeah. but. A drama, right. yeah, I, I very rarely want to sit down and watch it again. And I'm not saying that this hasn't happened with any movies, but when I think about the last couple of years, there are very few that I've seen kind of at home. You know, sometimes you get really excited about something and you see it in the theater mm-hmm. and you want to see it again, but... It's not as good. It's not, and it and it wouldn't surprise you if it's something you're looking forward to. Like, you know I'm an Avengers fan, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, I love the Avengers movies, and I want to watch them over and over again, but I expect to also. So I mm-hmm. expected when I went in to see that that I would love it. This was something that just snuck up on me. And all I could think when I was in the middle of it, too, was, how did I not know about this? Like, how is this not something that... I, I don't know if it even was widely released. If it was, I... I feel like I knew about it. Like I that When was... it was in theaters or yes. after? I knew when it came out. I saw the previews. I thought... I don't remember seeing a single preview for it. It looks good, but depressing. I usually try to avoid depressing movies. I'm sure it must have opened wide because it was was the third in uh, his American West trilogy. Mm -hmm. And Sicario did pretty well. Taylor Sheridan. Yeah. But I I honestly don't remember seeing anything about it. So it was a complete surprise to me. And it's so rare that any movies can just kind of take me away like that. The Martian was one. The Martian's Mm -hmm. one that... One of the reasons why I love that movie so much isn't just because I love the movie, but it's also because I didn't expect much out of it. I didn't think I would like it. And I sat down and I was on it the entire time. Um, Marcy May Marlene. Mary Marcy Marlene. The other movie with Elizabeth Marcy Olsen. May. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that movie, it's still, I'm still thinking about it. Years later, I'm still thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But again, I didn't expect anything out of it. I just kind of sat down and went, oh, let's see what this is about. Those are the best movies in my mind. Like, they may not end up being the greatest movies of all time, but they're mm-hmm. the ones that really stick out for me. So that that's why I chose Wind River. So it took you by surprise. It took me by surprise in a good way. Yeah. And it had Jeremy Renner. It did have Jeremy Renner. Okay. I, I feel like you really want to get into the Renner stuff because you... I, I uh, want to talk about Renner, but I guess... so. This was, again, I don't like to watch sad movies, and I... You don't. And I did think about that when I chose this one. <laughs> I half expected to get a text at, like, 11 o'clock last night of, why'd you make me do this? <laughs> but it wasn't sad so much It was as it was kind of... It's a Western. It's gritty, and... It um, it's dark. Like, it's character sad, Character-driven, like you said. It is... The, the characters are very well-written. Um, there were a few things that I have a problem with. That's fair. Um, there are a few things in it. Sure. But I would say... Much like you were kind of saying, so I like to kind of write notes as I'm going, and I definitely hit a point in this movie, it went fast for me. The movie went fast, I was never bored, I put the notebook down and I'm like, I just want to watch this. It was a really enjoyable watch. It's so interesting too that that you mentioned that because I think movies like this, which are, and I guess it's hard to say movies like this because it, it wasn't just simply a mystery or a crime drama. You know, it's more than that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like those types of movies, a lot of times when there's any kind of detective work, there's mm-hmm. a lot of talking about yeah. the detective work. Right. And you don't get that here. You just get, it's been two days. We're thrown into it. This is what's mm-hmm. happening. And I, it's been, a, you know, over a year since I've seen it. Um, and when I was watching it last night, when they were heading out to the, the um, trailers out there, all I was thinking Over was... A, it was like a, were the drilling site. Exactly. Because they're basically just security guards there right. while they're off-season. So yeah. when they were... Head, I, I obviously know what's coming, what's yeah. going to happen. When they were heading out there, all I could think was, 
wait, is this happening right now? Because mm-hmm. did we get here already? Like, yeah, this is happening fast. now? Like, and the scene when they were at the, I guess, a meth house is how I would describe it, the mm-hmm. drug house. That action happened pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, so I, I felt, that felt true to me. It felt like you're in law enforcement, you get in a situation, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You're this cracked out jackhead is going to spray, what is it, like bear mace or something? Some kind of them? mace, yeah. Yeah, at them. And then she's standing at the door to that trailer at the drilling site and they're, the guy turns around and he's like, get away. And Boom. Just, she just goes flying. Um, all of that was really. She felt, had a rough weekend. Yeah. It felt really real to me though. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think there is something, you know, I think we get used to like the procedural cop dramas mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. everything happens happen. in a certain way. Yeah, so there yeah. were some fun, I hate to say fun, but fun surprises that it's, it's not just we're going to go follow the trail and find what's going on. Because some of it was just like, oh, there's a dead body. And there's nothing exciting about that. It's a dead body. And it's like, okay, now we got to, it's a crime scene. But when you're going and it could have just been a conversation with those guys. But every time it was something. Yeah. Um, so that was good, I thought. Um, Jeremy Renner, man, he's fugly. Um, he's not fugly. I do have some complaints about his acting. Um, but I think it maybe isn't him. I feel like maybe it's some of the... Some of it felt like like it happened too fast. So the scene where I think it was after they found the second body and they hadn't identified it yet and she goes to, and it's after the meth house thing, and then she goes to Renner's home, I guess to have a, at the end of the conversation you realize that she went there to tell him, hey, we had to ID the body and it's this guy. Um, and well, she, she went wanted there to, to, know she wanted to know what he found her. out. Right. Um, but it, she gets in there and then he offers her milk, coffee, or well water, which I thought was super weird. And then... It's probably because he knows she's not from around here and, hey, weird. this is going to taste weird. And then um, and then he goes into this story about his daughter and there were things about that that I didn't... It just felt too much. It didn't feel, like, smooth. Like, we transitioned smoothly into this. Like, we've just met each other and we've been through some shit together, but I'm just going to lay all this out for That's you. That's so... It, I liked that. It felt real to me precisely because he earlier on had, when he was talking to his friend who just lost his daughter, what mm-hmm. did he say? He said, don't fight it. Don't hide it. You have to. Let it out. You have to let it out. Right. You have to allow yourself to feel the pain. So I feel like he's been doing that for the last couple of years, that he's been open with it. I don't think he was ever trying to hide what had happened or how he feels about it. Yeah. And then, of course, just... he does get to a point where he starts talking about it, being so open that mm-hmm. he comes to realize, now I'm just rambling and I'm going to be emotional. an emotional wreck. Right, right. And he shuts it down. And then she becomes emotional and she has to go. So they're hiding their emotions from each other, which I sort of get because you don't really know each other and this is a serious situation. It's like, they're law enforcement. She's law enforcement. I don't think he was he's... hiding his emotions from her, though. I think he... She, she... I think he knew that he was getting to a point where he was rambling on and wanted to shut it down because he didn't want to make her uncomfortable. But then she says, can you point me to the bathroom? And I thought, oh, she's going to give him a moment to, like, collect himself. And then she but goes she into the bathroom it. because she has to collect herself. But I... Which that, is what I love again that about... That I understood because it's it's a woman in a man's job. hate to say it. I and, don't... Okay, sure, if you want to say that. I don't think it's that, though. I think she's an inexperienced agent who's never been in a place like this. Okay. So your take was, 
this was all new to her and she I think it's yeah it's new to her and this place is miserable mm. like she just showed up and found out that not only was this teenage girl dead her family didn't report her missing they're living a totally different mm. kind of life where they're just saying you know hey we're lucky that she's even sticking around that she's even alive then she finds out that this teenage girl is not the only teenage girl to have died in this mm-hmm. area in a tragic way right and we don't know what happened to the other one and we'll never find out and we may not find out what happens to this girl either because there are eight total cops right in the area and we can't call it a homicide because it's not really a homicide yeah which is actually kind of bullshit but yeah. well but it works for the movie i guess, I guess. I, my my other thought about that was that maybe it's because she's because she's a young woman and she doesn't want to show any kind of weakness so she felt like i don't want to break down in front of this guy who's kind of breaking down in front of me i'm gonna go i'm gonna give him some space oh no i think she might have had that yeah. too yeah, yeah i just mean in terms of why she was feeling that way mm-hmm. why that emotion kind of overtook her um, because it's funny, I, uh, I feel like I need to say constantly that I'm not a sociopath. <laughs> Thank you for announcing it again. You're welcome. Dear listener, she's not a sociopath. But when Hand she, to God. When she started kind of tearing up, all I could think was like, you know, would I be okay in that situation? And I was like, oh yeah, I'd be fine. <laughs> like, he'd be talking to me and I'd be like, this is kind of awkward, but I could handle it emotionally. Um, but I, my point is, I guess, that I, I understand why, and I think that was a really smart character move to Mm -hmm. to have her get upset not because she feels like she knows this guy and she feels a connection Mm -hmm. to him and not because she's a woman and she gets overly emotional and not because it's a ploy for the audience either but Mm -hmm. i could 100 percent see and believe that she's overwhelmed with being where she is he yes and he his character it took me a while to kind of figure him out. And in the beginning, I was like, oh, he's killing animals. Wolves, apparently. I, I did have a moment of like, is it a red wolf or is it um, a coyote? I thought it was a coyote, but yeah. you're saying it's wolves. They're wolves. Okay. Pretty sure. Like tiny wolves. Well, I mean, they weren't tiny. They seemed small. Sure. Okay. And I didn't understand why he was hiding, like, sniper style, waiting for the wolf. Maybe so they didn't see him. But I figured, like, animals are smart. He could hide. Can I say though that my favorite, my favorite thing is as soon as he pops back up, all the sheep just come running over. Oh to yeah, him. yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, great. They're friendly sheep. It's a nice herd. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: if those sheep would have done that while he was just standing there, the wolves probably would have seen him. <laughs> right. So yeah, and then and then he has to kill the, the mountain lion, and that makes me really sad. He when didn't he kill the mountain. Lion. I know he didn't, but it made me sad when he was like. End of the she's, line for you guys. She's training. She's yeah. training her cut her her babies on livestock, and she's just yeah. killed her whole family. But that here's the thing: really I don't obviously, I don't <laughs> like that. But again, I think it fits in really well to where we are. We right. are in a. This is the reality of the place that we're in. Brutal area. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Um. I guess what else? The other thing I have to say, I didn't know that he was going to show up. And then Jean Bernthal was just there. Okay, and you want to say that Jeremy Renner's fugly. Oh my god, I'm in love with him. Is first of all, the ears. His ears are like twelve sizes too big for his head, which is he's weird so because his head is about twenty sizes too big for a normal human being. And he's topless being. the entire time he's in the movie. Yeah, I mean he's got a nice body. But he uh, that it's not even just it's not even just a butter face, it's like an entire butter head. I, I can't I don't care about the Marvel universe. But him as the Punisher, he's great. I'm done. I, here's the thing. I'm not going to say that he's not great. He just is hard to look at. And he was also my favorite in The Walking Dead. 
I was really sad when his character died. Yeah, I think he, a lot of people were. He was my absolute favorite. Um, and sorry, but Rick sucks and Shane forever. Um, so yeah, so that made me, that was a nice surprise. Yeah, that's nice. And I really liked how they set that up. So she's knocking, Elizabeth Olsen's character is knocking on the door mm-hmm. and then opens it up and there he is and it transitions into what actually happened, which I thought was interesting too because as I was watching the movie go along, I thought... Who the fuck are the suspects? We don't have any suspects. It's not a traditional mystery in that way. No. You know, they reveal in the end what happened, but you already know some shit went down. Because as soon as they roll up to those that drilling site, all those guys' face are fucked up, and they start to fucking flank them. I'm like, this is shady AF. Yeah. You know it's going to happen. The, the way that they play it out, too, what I love about that is, again, in like a traditional procedural, you don't know what happens until one of the suspects cracks and tells right, you what happens. Right. Nobody explains anything right. here. But... They knew that they had to explain to us, the audience. So we go back in a sort of bizarre, like, memory thing so that we can see it. And everybody knows some of it. Like, they, obviously, he can Mm -hmm. figure it out later when he's talking to him and he's saying, you know, you raped that girl. And he's like, yeah, and you beat her boyfriend to death. And he's like, Kudos to the two actors in that, like, John Bernthal and whoever the girl was that was playing next to him. Because we know something about her based on what people have said and based on, you know, Corey's reaction when he sees the body and is seeing her parents and understanding and, and like meeting her brother but um so we sort of know her but you fall in love with them you fall in love with them as a couple and then when this brutal thing happens and he's like telling her to go and mm-hmm. she turns back and gives him that look oh fuck just rips your heart right out of your fucking chest mm-hmm. and you already know she ran six miles through the snow only to die to get away from that yeah the, that, that's why I again come back to the characters not only are they all really well drawn and unique but I feel like you don't like all of them in every way but mm-hmm. I do like all of them yeah like there are problems I have with Elizabeth Olsen's character on a personal level like I said you know why like why are you getting so emotional mm-hmm. or why she's she seems th- a little I green like she's I, a little inexperienced I got it at the end though when she started crying and said she ran through the like i know no, i 100 i know i agree it's over and she can i know when i say i have a little bit of a problem with her character i don't mean as a character i mean like if i knew this person would i be friends with her mm-hmm. that kind of thing that sort of likability or you like you were saying the jeremy renner's character i mean he hunts for a living well mm-hmm. i'm not really into that i'm more into uh snuggling animals even bears i would much <laughs> rather snuggle a bear than shoot one but, and he obviously, you know, let things dissolve between he and his wife, and, and but I we guess don't know what technically, really happened there. I mean, technically but... he does believe in vigilante justice, and, <laughs> this, but he's, it he's became still, a vengeance movie. It did become a vengeance it did. movie. But it, what I like so, about it is, a Western theme. he didn't kill him. No, no. In the end, it no. was, it was, I'm yeah, I'm he giving gave you the same chance. chance, I'm giving you the same, same chance, chance that you gave, gave that girl. Yeah. Um, and I love that. But... All of the characters, even if I didn't love everything they did or didn't agree with everything they did, um, her mom, who's just sitting in her bedroom cutting herself, I feel for all Mm -hmm. of them. Ben, who's kind of a dick and is kind of a a little bit sexist and kind of making fun of the feds and everything. He has some really good one-liners. He does. But you still, yeah, because you still love him. He says, um, I can't remember. Something something he says is really funny. I can't remember what it was. Okay, well, that was but, fun. Yeah. But I like Ben. The land of your on your own. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, this isn't the land of backup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is the land of your on your own. Um, He said something else, too, but I thought that was a good one. Yeah. Luck doesn't live out here. I don't, or luck don't live out here, but I think the runner was that the was one Jeremy who said runner. that. Yeah. 
which there are a lot of really great yeah individual lines Mm -hmm. um accept the pain take the pain Mm -hmm. take the pain is great so yeah i feel like that was a great one i thought grief was a big theme in this movie and i liked um the conversation that he had with his friend Mm -hmm. when he was talking to him about Oh my um, god! Too at the end when he's sitting out there and he mm-hmm. says, "This is my death this face." This is my death face. And he's, he's like, standing there with a handgun. Right. Standing there with a handgun. And he's yeah. like, uh, "How do you even know that?" And he goes, "I don't know. I just made it up. There's no one left mm-hmm. to teach it." Yeah. So, the um, the moment when so they go to the meth house or the drug house mm-hmm. and they end up his her brother gets arrested. He doesn't know she's dead. His reaction. I mean, I knew that was the reaction. Why'd you keep saying happen? was? But right. I love how he. Did it like I love how they it did was it? Wasn't a little just... predictable for me, but the guy's on drugs, like he's out of his mind on right, drugs, right? Right, right. But that's he's what going I mean, to have that I, kind of reaction again. I feel like the traditional thing is to just almost gloss over the reaction. The mm-hmm. traditional procedural right. drama would be, oh, your sister's dead, and him mm-hmm. just being blank faced and going, well, I didn't do it, or something yeah. to that effect, as yeah. opposed to, no, this is an individual who actually he just lost someone he loves, yeah. so he's gonna have a really true reaction. Yeah. So I did, I was like, oh, so predictable, but I thought it was real. Um, so yeah. Were there other things about it that I thought, so that opening shot, when you mm-hmm. see her running and, you, and then you see the moon and it's like this crystal clear night, but there's snow on the ground, you know, it's cold as fuck. She's running in her bare feet. Oh, it's so hard to watch. Yeah. Um, and again, going back to where they, they go back in time and you see what actually happened, if any done any other way, I feel like that would have come out super cheesy. Them in bed together talking about him him telling the story of oh hi Christmas yeah. and oh hi. Um, oh, we should move there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that, it could be. It, but it felt so genuine, and I think I think it also helped that she was eighteen. I think that's part of the thing that makes it feel really he's genuine not too. Eighteen, he's not, <laughs> but she is, and she was having that. She was the one who said, "Well, let's move there then." You know, mm-hmm. like you you can see that she's. She's young. Mm-hmm. She's just young she's and she's naming dreaming. cities. He's and like, you don't want to go there. living in a shitty place and her mm-hmm. brother's a drug addict and here she found this guy. She, when he opened the door, she even said, my knight in shining armor. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it plays up. It's not even just about the end of their story and how, you know, how everything went down, but how their story began. It raised mm-hmm. those thoughts and questions for me too. That is it sad or wonderful, and I'm leaning a little towards sad, that this 18-year-old girl it's sad. is with a, I don't know, 40-year-old man who just, it, it's, yeah, the whole thing is just depressing, and yet there's still this moment of beauty and love mm-hmm. in that kind of sad relationship. It was a little bit of a mystery, like you have to, they don't outright tell you that Renner and his wife were divorced and that they had a daughter who was the same age as Natalie. And honestly, when he sees her at first in the snow, dead, I thought he's reacting because he's not good with dead bodies. But then I thought, but he just, he he deals in death. Like, mm-hmm. he's a, de- you know. So then I was like, so then you realize he knew her because mm-hmm. he identifies her. And then you start to piece together, oh my God, and he had a daughter her same age and she died in a similar way, which you don't fully get until... Um, the little brother says something about how did she die? And he says, did she die like Emily? Yes, yeah. she died. It was from the cold. Um, I'm a big fan of, I, 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 as a writer, I'm a big fan of not revealing yeah, too much. Like it, yes. It's true to life when you just let things happen. It mm-hmm. is not true to life to yeah. knock on your ex-wife's door and say, I'm here to pick up my son for our designated <laughs> weekend after right. our divorce. You yeah. know what I mean? I feel like there's too much of that kind of, 
I think a lot of times writers and filmmakers are afraid that people won't understand and then they start getting really heavy handed Mm -hmm. and that's how you end up with something like uh, any Tom Cruise movie. Uh, Any Woody Allen movie where they're just going to tell you what the fuck's going on. Exactly. So, but I will say there are people in the world who will watch this movie and they won't understand what's happening. Oh, sure. But you get that from any movie. You can watch the Muppet movie and not know what's going on. (laughs) And I, I, that makes me sad. I think part of the reason maybe why you were so intent and wanted to watch it more is because of that because they didn't just hand it to you. You had I to like so. you were looking for yeah. those clues subconsciously. You're like, what's going on? I think on it here? was what's happening. It was smart in mm-hmm. that way, exactly. Yeah. That it was these people who, again, I just can't get over how well drawn the characters are, but it's these people who I believe are real people mm-hmm. inviting me into their life. How can I turn away and play around on my phone when that mm-hmm. happens? When you're trying to figure it out. When Renner goes to the reservation and he stops at, I guess it's his son's pa- grandparents, his um, his in laws or ex in laws, yeah. yeah. And when they're ta- he's talking to his father-in-law about his wife and her interview, and his father-in-law just doesn't seem... It's, I think she must be estranged from them. It, she did say something like she would never go back to that place. Yeah. So I got the sense that she just wants to get the fuck out. And I think She's that, running away from everything that happened. And That's pretty common with reservation life, too. That if you can get away, you don't always want to go back. It mm-hmm. doesn't always hold happy memories for you. Um, and regardless of whether, you know, you lost a daughter there or anything. Mm-hmm. The, so, speaking of the Native American stuff, there are lots of Native American actors in this, and I'm mm-hmm. glad it's all of they're them. well represented. It yeah. pretty much is all it's of them. Pretty much Except for the Hollywood. guy who played Magua um, in The Last of the Mohicans. He's not in this movie, and he's oh. usually in all the movies. There are <laughs> other Native American actors out there that um, didn't show up here, because the, the other guy who played the brother in Last of the Mohicans wasn't in this movie, and he... Um, is a pretty well. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the fuck's his face? Wind talkers. Adam, Adam Peach. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, Which is maybe fair, the most well-known Native He's American. a pretty terrible actor, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. But. I mean, he has Law and Order, right? So um, is he, Does he do Law and Order? I'm pretty sure he was in some Law and Orders, dude. Oh, yeah. uh, maybe. Um, so, yeah. Um, the moment where she walks, first of all, yeah, how green is she that she walks into a house with these people whose daughter has just been murdered, and she's like, I need to talk to your wife. Yeah. Oh, I love that scene, though. I just love that she just it basically she just, gets her ass handed to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that the way the way that it's built up, it's not it's not, you know, no, don't go in and talk to my wife. You can't talk to her. It's him going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go do right what ahead. you want. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. So when she sees her cutting herself, I immediately thought of and be, because it's mate in um, Dances with Wolves mm-hmm. when Kevin Costner's character finds the white woman who's basically a part of the tribe and mm-hmm. she's she is cutting her she has cut herself mm-hmm. he thinks that she's been hurt and then i was googling if that's a it sounds like that that might be a ritual in some tribes i don't know that that they would cut themselves in grief it's like part of it's a grief ritual um which i thought was really interesting i mean it makes sense to me it's a yeah, bloodletting i also thought maybe she was just cutting herself because she was fucked up maybe i don't know um but the thing about this movie that sort of rubbed me the wrong way, and as someone with one, I took um, my capstone class in my senior year of college, which was like 16 years ago, was about Native American literature. And one of the things we talked about was the kind, it's a little bit of a tropey thing in, in these movies, Dances with Wolves, Last of the Mohicans, white man finds tribe or is found by tribe becomes a part of the tribe, Mm -hmm. figures out Native American culture, understands it, and then rescues the tribe. Mm -hmm. Like, rescue saves the day. And 
Jeremy Renner is a little bit of that white guy in this movie. And I, I kept thinking, is he supposed to be part native? But no. the No, and kid, I think that they I think they do it well. I think that they I know what you mean mm-hmm. and it, I I don't love it. I do get it because it is I mean most audiences are white and it's hard to get a movie made if you don't have somebody representing mm-hmm. the masses. Uh, right or wrong, it's just hard. But I do think that they did it well. You know, yeah, they had they had the drug addled kid who was like, talking about the fuck are you talking about? But, right. But or it, and the the moment too where his son's riding a horse and he says that was really cowboy and he's like, No, no that was that Arapaho. Was, yeah. Arapaho, is that what he says? Arapaho. But he at the end of the movie he says something about I think it's when he's talking to the guy on the top of the mountain. He refers to my family's people. Mm-hmm. But he says my family's he people, does, and he says they. It's not us. Right, it's I know. Always but they. it just feels very like he here's this guy. He doesn't understand. He he understands insofar as he's lived there, and he he's lived there. He belongs part to of them. It. But the other way. thing I think you got to take into consideration is his kids are they those are native, people. Yes, yes. So in that sense, he is he is. But with it's them. think about all the things. So when he first comes out, and I was like, nice Carhartts, bruh. And he's got his big truck and his... Oh yeah, no, he has, he has a real job. He makes <laughs> real, money. Yeah. Right. He and doesn't live on the reservation. He, Jeremy Renner is a fugly motherfucker, and he does a really good job of looking scruffy. He does. And I knew a lot of kids in my farming community growing up who were scruffy, and they wore the Carhartts, and yeah. they just had this particular smell, and they were always kind of like tan, and they were outdoorsy, and they were hunters. So the hunting and the tracking and like the horses, all of it. But it's, and I get it, it's Wyoming, it's probably the culture there too. He's a cowboy. I think so. And yes. well, that's that's what I loved about that yeah. line, was his son was saying that was very cowboy. Mm-hmm. What When he says that wasn't cowboy, that, that was Arapaho, mm-hmm. what he's saying is, you didn't get that from me. Right. You got that from your mom's yeah. side of the family. So yeah, so, but it does feel very much like he's kind of assumed the things, not so much the cowboy side of things, because that's very much a white culture thing, but um, the tracking. The tracking of animals, um, the tracking of the footprints he sees in the snow, all of those things, I imagine he learned them. He's not in law enforcement, but he is a wilderness agent. How, mm. where did he learn those things? And did we get all of that knowledge no. from the people who... Well, I mean, we're we don't here. know. Right, and we don't know. But that's kind of how it feels. It's that, like, white guy comes in, he gets all the goods from me, and then he saves the day. Um, like, he, him hiding in the snow, after I saw him tracking um, the, like, looking at the snowmobile tracks and then looking at the footprints of the lady or the girl, and um, and then and then I thought back to him when he shot the wolf when mm-hmm. he was hiding. I'm like, okay. The reason why I was like, why the fuck does he need to hide is because we had sheep And the neighbor's dogs would come over and come after the sheep. And my mom would stand outside. She would, she would stand in the window of our house and shoot at them with like a 38. Okay. Just so you know, that's probably not something you need to share with people. I'm just saying, well, she's dead now. Nobody cares. But, um. (laughs) I still care, Leah. (laughs) I care. So yeah, I guess I just, that's what I. She wasn't hired to do it though. If she was hired to do a job, she was going to be damn well. She's like, I'm going to stand in the living room window and open it up and shoot at these dogs. I think the the whole argument about white man saves the day. I'm not saying I don't get it, but I am going to say that I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to pigeonhole this character in that way because we don't have all of his background, and I do. I think the movie did a good job of. Of breaking away from that a little bit. And I know what you mean. And I had moments where I was thinking it too. But I also, I guess overall, I got the feeling that 
everyone around him felt that way too. And that makes it real. And there are people out there Mm -hmm. who are living as though they are, as though they were born into a culture that they Mm -hmm. may not have been born into. And people are constantly second guessing them and constantly saying that they aren't what I'm not second guessing. I'm just saying it's a little bit tropey. And I think, so the purpose that I, it sounded like, so this was in this, um, trilogy of movies or a group of movies that Taylor Sheridan had made that were kind of these old West movies that he wanted to talk For about. the modern world. Right. Native American culture in this one. And he specifically wanted to point out. So when it said, based on actual events at the beginning of the movie, I was like, oh, this shit really happened. And then later on I find no, it's, out it's in just general, yeah. a story that is But it's also, it's not to... just about the Native American experience. It's about that idea of this is one of the only places where it's a vast wilderness and you're left to your own devices. It's a no man's land. That's more what it was about than anything. I think he used the reservation to present all of that. Mm -hmm. And there's obviously a very deep look at, um, at that, that world, at Mm -hmm. that culture, so to speak. But it was mostly just about being in this, this hellscape. It's not unfortunately, it's so beautiful, though. I unfortunately, don't... the people who were forced there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he even says it. The the fucking murderer. He even says it's just nothing but quiet and snow. Right. Quiet and snow. snow. I agree. And that's it's when Renner says the thing about his family's people were brought this here. This is all that they that's had. All they ever yeah. had. Yeah. So there's obviously that element of in terms of Native Americans and what they were left with, and that is what mm-hmm. at least this particular tribe was left with. But I don't think it's about them. It's not about their history. It's not about their culture. It's not about uh, the Native American experience. It's about living and how do you live in a place where there's nothing but quiet and snow. And you don't have money. And you have, you know, these all of these kids are on drugs. And nobody cares when children go missing or die. And we have no help from outside authorities. And everything is just fucked up and convoluted and... The white man comes in and is taking oil and I can't even get my kids off to college and all of that, which I guess in a sense, of course, is the new Native American experience. I'm just saying I think it's more than just that as far as what he was trying to convey. What he was trying to do. Are you talking about Taylor Sheridan? Yeah. 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 I, it, just let me speak for him. I, yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I was, I mean, I was surprised. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about him and I haven't seen those other movies, Hell or High Water oh, you or haven't? Secret Out. Mm-mm. No. Sicario's good. Um, Hell or High Water, I really liked. What? Who's in that one? Uh, Chris Pine and... Um, oh, okay, I think. Um, the guy who, he's short and he's awesome and he's great. And Paul I Giamatti? can't remember his name. <laughs> no, not Paul Giamatti. No, young guy. Um, 30 Days of Night. <gasps> um, I'm going to find it. I'm looking Oh, it wait, wait. You're not talking about Chris Hartnett or, or Josh Hartnett, are no. you? No, no. God damn it. Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Yes, yeah. Ben Foster. That's I figure that's who you're talking about. I feel like I shouldn't have led with he's short, but <laughs> he but he is great he's and I do love him. He's married to Robin Wright Penn, I think. Or Robin uh, Wright. No, I, I think they're divorced. No, I think they're still married, dude. I don't think so. I'm googling it. They're married. Right. You google away. I'm, they're married. You know what I wrote when I first um was formally engaged to Robin Wright. God damn it. Boom. Oh, no, no, no. He's with Claire Danes now. They No, not Claire Danes. He's Claire with Danes some, is married to another short guy. Billy Credo. No. Wait, what? She was no. with Claire. Yes, yes. Ben Foster is married to Laura Preppen, who is much taller than he is. Oh, yeah. She's and they crazy just tall. had a baby, like, last year. Or really? This year. Yeah. But look look how pudgy in the Google, in the Wikipedia photo. That's nice. That's a bad photo. You guys should all look that up. 
Um, so who was I just saying? I don't know who you're talking about. Paul Giamatti. No. <laughs> what, what are you Claire doing? Danes is married to Hugh Dancy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But she was with Bill, Billy Crudup. A dancy man. She was with Billy Crudup. If you say so. <sighs> He's a golden god. Um. I mean, sure. The firefight. So, so I didn't wasn't thinking about this being a western. I thought of it was going to be more like a thriller. It's a modern western, right? So then the fire. Well, I, I just hadn't read anything about it before. I I'd seen the preview oh, and I hadn't read, so I didn't okay, I, I didn't yeah. know. And so was, when the firefight happens, well, first of all, the standoff, and then the firefight, and I was like, this shit is good. It's good. It's good action. It's gritty. It got my attention. It was interesting to watch. I love the guys laying on the ground and he's get, he's dying and the Fuck, other guys let's do this. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was like, yes. Uh. Yeah. And here's the other thing I love. He's he's all like, "Fuck, let's do this." And they start firing. <laughs> and the guy, he kills him, but does he he doesn't celebrate or anything. He comes no. over and he he just kind of taps him on the shoulders like yeah well thought you mm-hmm. know it's just it's like the tiniest mm-hmm. little bitty choice mm-hmm. that i just again it makes it feel very respect. real to me yeah well that guy um, could have also just killed him if he'd have gotten to his gun a little faster and yeah shot better so yeah. yeah i thought it was um that was really really great and uh the the rape scene also which i hesitate uh, to call it a, uh, just a rape scene because it's not just a rape scene it's, it was really hard to watch it was Especially coming out of that, like, sweet pillow talk set. It was so well done, though, because I think mm-hmm. we've all experienced that, where you have, you know... Where you see a, a woman with who... her, with laying unconscious on a bed with you and all your buddies, and you think, like, I'm gonna fuck her, and then they no, all get that, I'm not that fuck part. her. The beginning oh, part. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the beginning part. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, we've all experienced that, right. too, who has obviously, yeah. mm-hmm. from one side or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. No, the part where they all come back, and they're all just wasted, and I think we've all had... Oh, the annoying... ...that experience of being with, like... The drunk friend who's just being a fucking dick. He's just, mm-hmm. like, no violence was going to break out. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought anything like that was going to happen. He it's just, just that this guy is just being a dick. And he's telling his other friend to take him away. Like, come in mm-hmm. here and get him and make him leave my mm-hmm. room. I've been in those kinds of, mm-hmm. of situations where there, it feels like everybody's just being drunk and stupid. And nobody's nobody's listening because they're drunk and stupid mm-hmm. and it's just another you know saturday night like whatever it's it's the people you hang out with sometimes that happens and then something just snaps and then it, you know it just like takes on one one kick one shove something like that and mm-hmm. all hell breaks loose because men are fucking idiots i feel like i've seen plenty of like internet videos of women doing the same kind of shit yeah i don't think so it's more hair pulling and less like beating their co okay well to death. then it doesn't count <laughs> yeah but yeah, and you know what's you know what's gonna happen to you. Yeah. That's and the I other think that's kind of what sick I mean. part of it. Right. That's that's the part that I feel like was really well done is again it puts you in this place where we've all been there, like we're all just kinda shaking our heads, you know, this this motherfucker just needs to go to bed. The fuck is this? Mm-hmm. And then it turns really fast and you can see we know what it's gonna progress to, mm-hmm. which makes it all the more uncomfortable and horrible, especially when you do recognize it as something very real that Many of us have kind of been there, mm-hmm. and you know how horrible it's going to go. Um, there were a lot of parts of, in this movie I feel like were good, uncomfortable, well done, uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, the grief parts when mm-hmm. um, I think it's when they're at she's at the house with so it's Elizabeth Olsen and Jeremy Renner's characters are at the friend's house um and she's just walked in and seen the wife cutting herself and she walks out and the friend is starting to feel that 
And I just, I just was thinking like that uncomfortable, other people's grief is uncomfortable to a human being, human beings. And they, I thought they did that really well. Yeah. Of him just, Mm -hmm. Jeremy Renner's knocking on the door Mm -hmm. and he just sees him and that's, that's what does it. Mm -hmm. Talking to the cop. Yep. It doesn't do it. Just plain hearing it doesn't do Mm -hmm. it. But he sees his friend. Seeing his wife in pain doesn't do it. Mm -hmm. But his friend who's gone through the same thing before shows up at his door and he just breaks and then, and then the door shuts and, and you see and ben and elizabeth olsen's character yeah. they're kind of, it's the awkwardness of yeah. other people's grief it's it feels awkward when somebody dies especially in that way nobody fucking knows what to say nobody ever knows what to say and it's so i thought that was really really well done i thought that was a really strong scene now the bit afterwards where jeremy renner's giving him a lecture about how to deal with his grief i could have maybe done without all of that i get that he was trying to help his friend but why does renner have to be the wise guy who, yeah, sure, he's been through it. And this is where you you come to... Yeah, you, because he's been through he's it. He's been through it, way. but I just... It felt a bit much. And that's kind of throughout when Renner's... He, he's the wise man. He's t- so they, they're at the first murder scene, and to credit to the Elizabeth Olsen character, Jane, I think was her name, mm-hmm. where she recognizes that Renner can help her. And he, she was like, hey, mm-hmm. can he be a part of this? I want this guy to... So, so that... I think that is a throwback to real old west films mm-hmm. you have to have a hero right and he's going to be the it's going to be the you regular guy who's not really in law enforcement who's well it's not even just that although sure but i mean there, there vig- has to be the point is there has to be somebody who knows what he's talking about right. because so, but she, in a western it's not usually a big group of people who work right. together it's there's one guy who knows but she's green and she recognizes that and she asked him to help i mean they could have easily had it so I, I had respect in that moment for her when she did that but um he's kind of like you're looking in the wrong place. You got to look here and you got to look and look at, look through these binoculars and see, and you can, and I just felt like it was the same as when he was talking to his friend about grief. I was like, man, do we need to sit through this lecture about grief? Like, do we need to hear about Jeremy Renner went to a grief conference and this is what he learned? I just felt like he didn't need to, I think maybe he needed that to set up later on when he tells her the story. I think for you to understand why maybe he but did. The thing that I do like about it is, this is a really dark movie, mm-hmm. and what he says when he's talking to him about grief, he's he's giving him some light. So here's a situation where you could very easily come away from everything that's happened in this mm-hmm. film and think, well, fuck, everybody's mm-hmm. just fucked. But instead, you have somebody who's been through this horrible loss, who has seen light on the other side, mm-hmm. who's telling his friend, you can make it through this. Mm-hmm. You can make it through this and actually remember the good times with your daughter. And, you know, you, you doesn't, this doesn't have to ruin your life. And I love the fact that he says he was told that you're never going to be the same, that you're always going to mm, be a little right. bit broken. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, that I guess, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but... I do think there's something to be said for the fact that he's telling him what a grief counselor said to him. He's not the he's, he almighty know. He smartest know. man sure. in the world who says So they says have to, to justify him, that, right? Right. But I feel like he could have just talked about his own experiences and maybe say, you know, I, think it I, hid, it, I hid from it for a really long time and when I finally let myself feel it, that's when I realized this is what I have to do. I think that would have come across even more so as... Like too heavy-handed? Not just heavy-handed, but like, well, this guy's the best. He knows everything. Because if he said that, he would be saying, I found my own way and he, I know everything. This it, was just him I, saying, me, I feel like I've been through this I feel and like I tried. it's different because for him to say, hmm... And I don't know what it's like in Native American culture, but in white man culture... 
going to a therapist is not something that, I mean, at least where, where I am from, it's not something that you do. And um, for him to say that is almost like, hey, I am a fully realized human being who accepts that I don't know when I, that I know, that I know when I need help and I went and got help and this is the help that I got. As opposed to just saying, this was my experience with it. And I didn't, I didn't read it like that at all. I I read it as, it felt like he was somebody who lost his whole family. I mean, he's, he went through a divorce. He obviously doesn't have full custody of his son and his daughter's dead. My guess is he finally caved and went to a single conference. <laughs> Not actually got help, really. But went no, to a single conference. Goes, who probably, goes to a conference on grief? Probably when he was in the midst of losing everything. <laughs> who doesn't? So I'm going to yeah, go ahead and say, I don't a really think, tough, you know, hunter, trapper okay, type. You don't know Jeremy Renner. You don't know Jeremy okay, Renner if you I think don't. he's just a I tough don't. guy. So can because you? he is a wonderfully sensitive and deep I do want to person. tell you I do want to tell you I was scrolling through his IMDb the the Jeremy Renner IMDb uh-huh. photos yesterday and in every single one of them and I I like to look at the ones where they're at like award shows and parties and stuff fuck sure. the the stills from the movies in every single one where he is with another person he has got his arm around them he is hugging them I think he is a really he seems like a really touchy feely yeah. genuine kind person and the fact that his own online community <laughs> turned against his Assholes. desire to bring people together no. and he had to shut it down he just wanted a me. group hug <laughs> but I, I, I did want to tell you that like scrolling through last night i'm like man i want to hang out with this guy like that's how i feel about him yeah. that's it so you like you make fun of me for thinking he's attractive i don't think he's conventionally attractive although when he doesn't have facial hair he's somewhat attractive but somewhat. i like him with the facial hair actually. oh see i don't like yeah. it i don't like it but <laughs> I like facial hair normally, but not on him. But it's not just that I like I don't I don't want to fuck Jeremy Renner, but I really want to <laughs> hang out with him. I feel like he's a just really cool be guy. His and if it went somewhere beyond that, like, you'd be for it. I'd be right? open to it. Yeah, sure, sure. But he's not, you know, the end all be all hottest guy. There were a any means. shots with him wearing a fedora that I was like, we should burn these. A fedora. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, but the rest of them were good. Yeah, I guess he is, in this movie, he's grungy looking and kind of yucky in that, like, hunter cowboy way, which yeah. I get. And I, like I said, grew up with that and I get it. Um, this scene where he's making his own shells. Mm-hmm. Like my dad did that in the basement of our house. He had a very big gun collection, and he made his own shotgun shells. So I was like, "Oh, it's like going home." And then, uh, and everybody's gonna think that I come from a crazy house of people who shoot guns out their say, windows like, and Did, make their did he own then bullets. give these to your mom so, so she could shoot dogs from the, the window? The only gun I ever shot it with my family was the Red Ryder BB gun that my dad got me for Christmas. I never shot any of the other guns and they were always locked in cabinets. So I wasn't Are you sure that really happened? Did you just see a Christmas story too many times? No, no, no. I had a Red Ryder BB gun. I shot it many, many times. Um, But it was, yeah, like looking at that and it made me think of my dad. I thought it was kind of sweet because he would be down in the fucking basement. I think that's, and that, (laughs) that is Jeremy Renner in a nutshell to me is I just think he's, 100% 100% genuine mm-hmm. in every character that I've seen. And I'm talking bad characters, too. Mm-hmm. There are some bad guys that he's played. Like who? And there's something genuine about him. SWAT. I've never seen SWAT. Oh, my God. And you I, should see SWAT. That I was the beginning of my obsession with I've SWAT. I've seen most of the town, and I've he's heard not, that he is, he, he, in the town, he is, like, the guy. Yeah, exactly. And did you say you've only seen most of the town? 
I haven't seen. I feel like you gotta stop. You're I feel like me. I might have fallen asleep right in the town. Of course you did, because it's a good movie. So of course you <laughs> fell asleep. Uh, no, he's amazing in the town. Not necessarily a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, assassination of Jesse James by the coward which, Robert Ford. Yes, I'm guessing you've never seen. I'm pretty sure I have, but it's been. <sighs> I'm so and I desperate. Probably to didn't pay a ton of attention. I'm sure you didn't. Mm-hmm. One of my all-time favorite movies. Um, is he not, the? Is he the coward Robert Ford? No. Is no, he Jesse that's <laughs> no, no. Then who Brad the fuck Pitt, is he? Brad Pitt is Jesse James, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Casey Affleck in his most amazing role ever. I think um, Robert Ford. Anyway, the he's, brothers are he's part of the gang. So I mean, he, it's not okay. a huge role, yeah. But he's not a great guy, and he's very grungy, and he's kind of dumb, mm-hmm. but he's a hundred percent genuine. Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. So I have seen that, and it's not a great movie, I but I really movie. enjoyed it. Yeah, that's I the think, thing. It's it's not great, but it makes me laugh so hard. I haven't seen The Hurt Locker because Hurt I just amazing. don't think I can watch it. I think the only other Jeremy Renner movie that I've seen that I can recall is... You didn't watch The Bourne movie? He was good. The I didn't Bourne watch The Bourne movie. Tag. Love Tag. I love it. It was so stupid. John Hamm, I love him. He's terrible in that movie. And He's Jeremy Renner did his thing. Like, fairness. he was good. I, I, but I, I did think he was good in this movie. Aside from some of the dialogue feeling heavy-handed, I thought he fit the role really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. The vengeance, the grief, the vengeance. I um, think there's a certain... The hero coming in at the last minute to save the day. There's a certain subtlety that he has. Um, and I think that was really good for this movie, but it's also something that I love about him in general. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> you know, we were talking about like uh Leo versus Matt. That's a conversation and that's never going to stop. It's happening. it's a different conversation. No, cuz I'm going to make you fucking watch The Departed. <laughs> you're going to watch The Fucking Departed. You're going to sit down, you're going to watch it. You're not going to fall asleep. You're going to fucking watch it. And we're going to talk about Leo and Matt then. But Leonardo DiCaprio, as much as I love him, he has he can be subtle. He's definitely capable of it. I'm trying to think but when I feel he's like, ever been subtle. I feel like it it takes a lot to get it out of him. Whereas when? somebody when? like a Jeremy Renner is just always, he is always. just that yeah. guy. Even I, even in the Avengers. This is a comic book mm-hmm. movie. It's, you know, pure action and yeah. adrenaline and he's still the guy who's just kind of like there in a good way. Mm-hmm. I don't mean there like in the background. I mean he's he's the real guy. He, I think he could be very underrated. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He, and I think in this movie in particular, like, I think he did, a, I think he was a good fit for this particular role in this movie. Yeah. Um, because he's kind of that under, quiet, serious type. Um, and I know he was the first pick, um, but I did hear that there were some scheduling conflicts and that's why he didn't, or he wasn't going to do it initially. Oh, who, that's right. Who was the other guy? That- Chris Pine. Because, yeah, and I'm assuming it terrible. was. I don't think it would have been. I think he could have done I think Chris it. Can, Not as well, but I, I think he could have done it. I think Chris Pine can really... You like, also, you haven't seen Hell or High Water. I haven't, but when I think of Chris Pine now, I think of um, the Wonder Woman movie, and it's just so campy. It, like, yeah, his part in that is so... It's not a good movie. Yeah. What else is... Uh, I really liked him as James T. Kirk in the new Star Trek movies. Yeah. I, think I thought he was great. Sure. Um, um, yeah, with Carl Urban. <sighs> Fucking Magnificent. Carl Urban. Magnificent. I don't understand how you can talk about Carl Urban and then make fun of me for my Lord of the Rings obsession. <laughs> I just don't get it. It's because I haven't seen any of them, so I, I don't know how sexy Carl Urban is in those movies. Well, I mean, he's... Is he an elf? <laughs> no, he's not. A, no, he's a man. 
He's a regular man. He's he's from Rohan, so he's very blonde. Oh, he's that's probably not a good look for him. It's not, but nothing. I mean, like nobody really looks good in those movies. Mm. How do you feel about Logan Marshall Green? I don't know who that is. So um, he's in that new movie Upgrade. It's on HBO is. right now. And okay. you haven't seen The Invitation either. He's in that. I haven't. No, that's still sitting in my queue. Yeah, you would know him if you saw him. You'd know him if you see him. Logan something. Logan Marshall Green. I don't know. That's too many names. <sighs> oh, Elizabeth and- Olsen, also great, right? I feel like I have to I say that. I think she's really, really good, yeah. And I feel like I have to say that because <laughs> because of who her family is. Mm-hmm. They maybe aren't taken so seriously as actresses. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and not only is she great, but this is the other thing that I was kind of realizing last night. That girl can make some good choices. I think that she has made mm-hmm. some really good, again, Marcy May Marlene, mm-hmm. a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and allowed her to really, to really fucking act. Mm-hmm. So I think, and then, you know, the Avengers, I mean, what is you're she, making like, a shit ton of money. Scarlet Witch or something? Yeah. You're making a shit ton of money. You're playing with all of these big names. It looks like it'd probably be a hell of a lot of fun being mm-hmm. in those movies. And they're good movies. Yeah. So I feel like that's also a great choice, even if it's completely different than different some of the other than, stuff yeah, that she's some done. Of more independent films. I did. When she showed up, I was like, are they going to fuck? And I'm super glad that they didn't go there. No. Uh, and at one point, I just was thinking, God, she's so girl next door pretty. I feel like her sisters were really cute as kids, but they've gotten really alien they were, looking. Yeah, they freaking yeah. out. But she's got this really kind of regular girl next door look to her, but still very pretty and and um, a very good actress, actor. Um, but yeah, I I think she was a good. I was trying to think who else that I would put in this movie aside from her, and I don't know that. Like I, I would say, I'm sure there are people who can do it, but there's not. I mean, that was kind of how I felt when I read the thing about Chris Pine, and it was like, yeah, I think he could have done it. But I think Jeremy Renner's better. These, and I'm these, sure other people could do it. But... I don't consider either of these actors like A-listers. So no, that I, I like yeah. that to see. I a think movie there's an underrated kind of quality. B-list, right? maybe a little bit underrated actors who've been in some other stuff. And I mean, John Bernthal, John not Bernthal. an A-list actor. The but... woman who uh, plays Jeremy Renner's mother-in-law is the woman who plays Brad Pitt's mother-in-law <gasps> mm-hmm. in Legends of the Fall, mm-hmm. and that was one of my all-time favorite scenes is when her daughter is killed uh in legends of the fall oh yeah her reaction yeah. to mm-hmm. it just that kind of guttural screaming reaction i just think was so while she's holding the kid mm-hmm. it was so Horrifying. horrible yeah um but cements her in my mind mm-hmm. yeah and then the the guy who plays his friend is it martin or something like that mm-hmm. whose daughter is killed he is Jacob's dad from Twilight movies. Yeah, I think a lot of the people in this were in the Twilight movies, actually. Um, I don't know. I don't. I know he was. And then... Um, I've only ever seen the first one, and I fast-forwarded through most of it. The guy, Ben, who was like the sheriff, he's from Dances with Wolves. Yeah, well, I mean, he's in everything. Yeah. Yeah. But no Magua. I don't know what that guy's name is, but he, like when I think of... Um, Native American actors, he's like the one of the first ones that pops into my head. Because he's such a freak in that movie. Like, he's just so evil. Yes. So, yeah. Um, Because he says he's going to cut the... He's like, I'm going to cut your kids' hearts out with Saboon and eat it or something like that. You got to be careful that kind of thing. Yeah. I used to tell people that, like... uh, Not tell people that. (laughs) Not a sociopath. Not a sociopath. No, I would tell people (laughs) just like... 
<laughs> this is going to sound terrible. Uh, sleep with one eye open because it makes it easier for me to scoop it out. Nice. That, that, right? that reminds me of that Florence and the Machine song, uh, Girl with One Eye, which is a great fucking song. That's a good song. Yeah, yeah it's a really good song. So, yeah. Oh, the other thing I had, um, so after he does all that stuff with um, mm-hmm. the meth house. Yeah. And then he goes to see Wilma. Yeah. And it's just this, he goes to the house. He's not dropping the kid off or picking the kid up. He's just going to see his ex-wife. He just shows up at her front door and opens the door and they have this conversation. And I was like, why the fuck am I seeing this? Why did he go to her house? And why are we having, like, why do I have to see this conversation between him and her? Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it. I think. Did she need more screen time? I think she is, she's the one who got away. She's the one. And I don't mean got away. Well, I mean, I guess she did kind of get away from Mm -hmm. him too. But I mean, from that life. She's the one who, she's moved out off the reservation. She married a white guy. She had a couple kids. She started this whole other life. And now she's actually interviewing for a job elsewhere. She's going to move to the city. She's the one who's gotten away. So I think it. And, of course, when he does talk to her, what does she say? She's like, yeah, I heard about that. Uh, yeah, that's rough. No. It, she doesn't, she's not really committed she's not really to it. She's to already, it. yeah, she's already pulled away from that life. So, and I could be wrong, but that was my interpretation is this is just, this is just showing us how even though, even though people like you just mm-hmm. look at him and see white, he's in that world. She's the one who's managed to get away from it. I, I guess I didn't understand why he had to go see... I felt like maybe he felt like he needed to go see her because he had just gone through all of this shit at the drug house and he had just had this really rough experience. And I think he's, he's probably not, still in love with her. Yeah, he's... Like, it felt like he was trying to reach out to her because yeah. he shows up for no reason mm-hmm. and she opens the door and then they have this conversation and then, and then he leaves. I think it's a man who, you know, he... <laughs> We don't know what his past is. We don't know how he got into this world and into this role. But it's obvious that he found this surrogate family. And that is his only family. He doesn't have anyone outside of that. And yet they're not really his family anymore. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, his his daughter's dead and yeah, his and wife his has left him. And she's going to take his son with her too. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think he probably is just reaching back out. Regardless of, I, you know, I say he's in love with her. I don't know that he's actually in love with her. I but I think, think that's his family. Like you when you stru- reach out when to your family. When stressful things happen, you want to talk to the people that You're matter close to, to you. Right. Yeah, yeah. I've experienced that. But, yeah. Other things I was curious about, um, I did write. They turned out to be okay, guys. But when the extra cops showed up for them to go out to the drill site, I was just like, I don't trust these white cops. Yes. I don't, <laughs> no, I felt the same way. I totally felt the same way. Yeah. Um, so that was funny. And then how is that snowmobile tied down in the back of his truck? Because it seems like it's not. Maybe it's not. There are a lot of people who do stupid things, Leah. I think we know that. <laughs> There could also be like a clamp system. There could be something that's but actually I was my just guess, like, like the uh, like the B and W biker bar. It's probably something like oh, that maybe. that you can just ride up over and clamp down. All right, what else? Oh, I did. This is awful. When he goes back to Martin's house and he's got his murder face on, I wrote he went his full death bra- face. He went full Braveheart. Yeah, his death and face. And I felt ashamed murder. when I wrote it. You should. <laughs> You should feel deeply, deeply ashamed. I will say the one thing that really, like there are a handful of little things in here, sure, as there are in any movie that bug me. But the one thing that really, really bugs me is here's this 
beautiful heartbreaking moment where he's looking at these pictures of these two young girls who are now dead and mm. one of them is his daughter takes his hat off and it's this this beautiful horrible moment and then there's a picture of them in graduation gowns and all i can think is his daughter uh, was 16 when she, she was died. 16 how the hell did she graduate was she in a gown or was her friend in a gown and she was just next to her friend i mean they were both they both had the hats on yeah. Now maybe one of them mm. borrowed it from the other. Maybe uh, they maybe they were in a school play no, where they played graduates. That yeah, that doesn't even make sense though because they would have been the same they age. Because the, the other girl was eighteen. Yeah, because she's eighteen and she was sixteen. It was three years was, ago. Yeah. yeah. So I can only assume that. Yeah, like I said, they, it they were been in a play. Eighth grade graduation. They looked sixteen. Older than <laughs> I know. God damn it, Taylor Sheridan! Fuck. <sighs> makes me crazy, right? So close. <laughs> you were right there. You almost had me. I'm sure there's other shit in the movie that's fucked up. Oh, it's, yeah, there is. It's, how's that snowmobile tied down? Why are they wearing cap and gown in a photo when yeah. they never, you know, the other one never graduated? All right. What else? Would you- I, I, I'm, I just, I guess I'm curious because this was your first time with it, how you felt in general. Um, I liked it. Like, I would definitely recommend it to other people. Yeah. It was... Better than I expected. I mean, I definitely can see where I stopped writing things down. So right around the time that he found the mountain lions, and I wrote, titties, do not kill them. Um, and then I didn't say anything again until John Bernthal showed up. So I was in. I was in. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just have to say, um, note-taking. I know. It's a Leah thing. <laughs> it's a me thing, for sure. Um, but yeah, I thought it kept my attention... It made me think, great acting, character-driven movie. Um, yeah, I would recommend it. I okay. would. I don't know that I would watch it again because it's really hard to watch. Yeah. But I would recommend it. How cool. about you? Would you watch it again? I have. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yes, you've seen yeah, it again. I obviously. would definitely watch it again. I So the first time I saw it, I immediately wanted to watch it again. I didn't. Um right then but maybe a month or so later I did like it was one that it was on Netflix for a period of time and mm-hmm. it was just I left it sitting in my queue and oh yeah now it's not on Netflix anymore God yeah so I saw it a couple of times since then because it was just kind of floating around in my queue and I do get into those <laughs> head spaces where I don't want to laugh tonight you know like mm-hmm. I just want something a little bit darker mm-hmm. um and this is one I've come back to a couple of times when I want something darker I go horror yeah, I drama, need to be in the mood for drama, horror. Drama, drama bums me out. And I'm not a huge, you know, I was thinking about Westerns. Other, another movie that I think Renner has been in, Magnificent Seven, which was terrible. I hated it. He wasn't in that. I was he? he? I feel like I was like on the IMDb so. last night. But also, uh, not terrible. I enjoyed it. No, it was bad. No, I liked it. it you good. don't, you have a problem with Denzel also. And I don't you understand You know, it. I've been thinking, so Fallen I think is on Netflix right now. I, I mean... Fallen is the best. It is. John like, I fucking Denzel, love that movie. For it. Arrival. Arrival! That's another Renner movie that I've yeah. seen that I thought was really good. Arrival's great, and I only saw it about a year ago because I have a real problem with Amy Adams, so I refused to watch it just because of her. And then it was on uh, Prime, and I was bored, and so I watched yeah. it, and I was like, damn it, this is a good movie. What the hell? I guess he isn't in this. I no. I don't know what I saw, I don't know who what I thought. Of. Who is in The Magnificent Seven? Don't. Chris Pratt and Ethan Ethan Hawke that's what it was I was thinking you about were thinking of Ethan Hawke Ethan Hawke is in this and I was like god Ethan Hawke is in this well yeah mm. <laughs> well yeah he is yeah and Vincent D'Onofrio um so yeah um it was good I would ch- I, but I'm not I'm not one for 
I haven't seen a ton of westerns. I'm not one for dramas or thrillers. So uh, I just don't like to be sad. Well, yeah, we are two different people. Different strokes for different folks. That's right. The Movie Virgins. Hey, people. This is Leah. I just wanted to clarify something about the uh, the wolves at the beginning of the movie that Jeremy Renner's character is killing. Those are not wolves. Those are coyotes. I just wanted you to know for the record, and no coyotes were harmed in the making of this movie. Um, so, Lindsay, I was right. Um, anyway, uh, we're super stoked to have released our fifth episode. We are so grateful to you guys for listening. We really appreciate you. Please find us on your favorite listening platform and subscribe and submit a review. We would love to hear from you there. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, Podchaser. So please find us there. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Movie Virgins Pod, and we would love to hear from you there as well. Please let us know if you loved it or hated it or whatever it. One last thing. The music in this episode was written and performed by Melissa Powers. Virgin's